Loser Like Glee, a Glee retrospective podcast with 2020 vision and a queer lens. I'm your gay host, Julie. And I'm your gay host, Julian. And this week, we are stepping into the choir room to talk about season one, episode two, Showmance. Uh, We went really long last week with all the disclaimers and stuff, so I want to jump right into this week. Um, Julian, how did you enjoy the second episode of Glee? Um... (laughs) So it was a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into that. But I thought it'd be fine, and then it was almost unbearable. Yeah. Um, I I feel similarly, though probably not as viscerally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to preface that this is one of my least favorite episodes, and that's kind of a bummer because it is the second episode so usually when like I force someone to watch it with me I have to like (laughs) explain that it gets better because the pilot's really good so most people like will enjoy the pilot and then I have to be like okay but like the second episode is like uh, it's like a little weird but then episode four episode four is really good so (laughs) I just think it's so funny that this is your favorite show And people get a grasp on how they feel about a show within, like, the first three or so episodes. So to have the second one be so bad, I was was like, it can't be. It's your favorite show. You (laughs) you put up with it, obviously. Mm. It really is, like, an outlier from them, like, not... It's the second episode. Like, they don't really... Like, all the writers, like, are still figuring out these characters. Yeah. So I, I give it a pass, and but it's definitely not one that I would just, like, put on. But you can't, you can't skip an episode of Glee. Like, so much happens. <laughs> if you say so. Um, I promise that episode three is not as bad. I trust you. Okay. I'm not sure if you should, but uh, let's hop into the summary. <laughs> um, so... Our beloved choir teacher, Will Schuster, is walking to work through the school parking lot. Uh, His car still sucks. He has, like, I don't even know what that car part is. It's like, something is dragging under his bumper, but he now has a vanity license plate that says Glee. Um, This shot mimics the opening of the pilot, but is now populated with the Glee kids instead of him walking alone. So, uh, Rachel talks to Will about song selection before Finn helps her carry her roller backpack. That's <laughs> um, so old school. It's so bad. Um, Mercedes, Tina, and Artie are doing runs together. Uh, Kurt is still being bullied by the football team, and uh, specifically Puck has taken over as like the leader of that in Finn's absence. And Kurt is thrown into the dumpster again. Uh, Kurt says the very iconic line, uh, one day you will all work for me. Um, so this is, this is our opening. It's, it's okay. 
Yeah, I think it's fine. You know, they're just all going to school. It's showing the whole Glee Club getting along and excited, planning what they're going to do. Um, I I do love Kurt. He has a lot of pride. He's about to get thrown in a dumpster, but he's just pouting all about it. Like, I'll get you back. Yes, I love, I love this energy from Kurt. It's just like, instead of like stereotypical like cowering or like trying to run and like getting caught he's just like oh, I guess and like he just allows it to happen but like in a way that kind of gives him the power I guess what I want to point out with him is that every time that scene happens you know from the first episode to the second episode he's always glaring right at Will the teacher <laughs> <laughs> and Will just never notices it is um, very funny. It's it's funny and it's saying something. Um, I liked it. It's it's very good. We I think there's only like a couple more of the dumpster throwings left, or maybe not any. Um, <laughs> Do you think I, they made really, their point? <laughs> they they switch to primarily slushy based bullying instead of dumpster based bullying. Ah. Uh. <laughs> A very sad change. Um, so we're also setting up in the scene the Rachel and Finn plot that's going to carry through most of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hate her roller backpack. <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> like, when in school, like, kids that had those, like, people would, like, trip on them. And it was really annoying in the hallway. Oh, well, that sounds like a you problem. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on. Um, (laughs) The school guidance counselor, Emma, is waiting for Will around the corner, and she bumps into him completely on purpose, but tries to play it off like an accident. Uh, It's very thirsty. Um, Will thanks her for convincing him to stay and teach, and Emma is clearly pleased with herself. Uh, While they're vibing, cheerleader Santana comments, get a room. While Quinn follows up with the remark by telling Will that Sue wants to see him in her office. I I think the cheerleaders are funny. Um, Emma needs to stop. (laughs) (laughs) It It is so thirsty. I feel like it's a level of thirsty that she didn't really hit in the pilot. Like... She checks her watch to make sure that, like, he's coming, and it's, like... She's really showing off some stalker energy. Yeah, it is just a little too far into stalker territory. (laughs) But I do, like... I think this is the first Santana official line. Oh, really? That's her first line? I think it's her first line, which is very um, Santana of her... (laughs) Good for her. Um, I love Santana. Uh, she doesn't really get a personality until way later, but I do enjoy like seeing that she's here and is around now. So does she just spend like a while just basically being Quinn's sidekick or something? Yeah. So we'll get into that later. But basically, like they didn't know what to do with her, so they just put her there, and then they're like. Once they figured out what to do with her, she's, like, a main character. Like, I would say more important than Quinn sometimes. Fun. I love her. She's great. Um, so then we follow Will into Sue's office. 
Uh, Sue informs Will that he needs 12 students in the club in order to qualify for regionals to keep the club going, and that he only has five and a half currently, with the dig being that Artie's in a wheelchair. Um, Sue is clearly annoyed at the idea of Glee Club taking more of her budget and offers Will an assistant position on the Cheerios instead. Will declines the offer, saying that he believes in his kids and that Glee is here to stay. Well, that's pretty much the scene that I predicted would happen, right? Yeah, I was very (laughs) impressed that you got this almost to a T. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just seems predictable. I totally do not love Sue, though. in a bad way. Yeah, yeah like, not in a bad great. way. Just... <laughs> this, this is definitely one of those uh, <laughs> Sue popping off monologues that we get a lot of, where just everything she says is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous and, I, and awful, but I kind of love it. Yeah, you can't... It's really hard to not like it, even though... <laughs> She says some horrible things, like, I think this is the second time that Artie gets called a cripple, which is really crazy. Not great. It's really not great. It's very, um, 2009 of them, but also, like, Sue isn't really someone who looks after disabled people. Well, no, clearly not. Clearly not. (laughs) Um, I really like that they, this is a very crucial piece of information that we get here, which is that you need 12 students. So the first, what I'm going to say arc of Glee is, is they're just trying to get 12 students. That's like the first, like major plot hurdle. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really like that it's presented as Sue trying to destroy them by like, just making sure that they get disqualified. But she ends up helping because she's the one that gives that information. That's how yeah. I viewed it. She was like, by the way, you need this, this, and this if you want to accomplish your goal. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a more interesting way to deliver exposition. And it also sets up Sue as someone who's going to dig her own grave a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, I, it's a really good exposition scene, especially with... Um, Sue's menstruating joke, which I really like. It was something. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I think it's funny. Um, for those of you that don't watch the show, uh, Sue offers Will, I think, an iron tablet, because it (laughs) keeps your strength up while you're menstruating, and Will says, I don't menstruate, and Sue says, neither do I. And I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, Good for her. We we love to see it. Um, So next we're in the hallway and Rachel is eavesdropping on an argument between Finn and Quinn. With Quinn begging Finn to quit the Glee Club in exchange for touching her breast. (laughs) Um, Finn hesitates before declining the offer, insisting that he truly loves performing um, Quinn is frustrated that people are thinking that Finn is gay for being in Glee, which will make them think that she is acting as his beard, which is <laughs> a term that I would love to go into. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Finn leaves for class, but Quinn notices Rachel and approaches her, 
Rachel gloats that Finn and her have made a connection while performing and that she isn't going to steal him from Quinn. Uh, she proclaims that Glee's status is going up while the Cheerios is going down right before getting a slushy in the face. Yeah. I almost wish she didn't get slushy because I was like kind of into her big speech. <laughs> just for to merely just get shut down and like the school yeah. laughing at her. You have to shut Rachel down. If you I don't shut guess. Rachel down, it gets dangerous. <laughs> An unchecked Rachel is a dangerous thing. I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, you wanted um, to talk about... I want to talk <laughs> about the term beard because when I watched this, I had no idea like what it was when I was a kid. And like I didn't... <laughs> I didn't really understand it until they actually use it as a plot device in I think season two. Oh yeah? So I just think it's like have have you heard this term at all recently? Like I feel like it's not even like a um, thing anymore. I'ma be honest, I don't think I understand. <laughs> you don't you don't know the term beard? Using it in this context, I I think I can assume, but I don't know any specific I don't think okay. I've ever heard it used like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, again, this is only from, like, later in the show and how they, like, explain it. But basically it's when it's when two gay people date each other, air quotes, in order to present as a het couple and to not be harassed. Oh. So, yeah, so the term is, like, by dating a woman a gay guy has a beard which is like more masculine so by people thinking Finn is gay people are thinking Quinn is gay and that they're dating in order to cover up the fact that both of them are gay interesting yeah and I think it's it's definitely something that's like a really old term from like the olden times like a boston marriage basically Mm -hmm. so it's just like it's something that's just so weird to think about now yeah i was able to assume that it was like to make him look straight to make him look masculine Mm -hmm. like that obviously i didn't realize the implications that people are viewing her as gay Mm -hmm. which i I think is why she's so like pissed about it yeah that makes sense doesn't want people to think that she is at all the more you know. The more you know. Today we learned <laughs> about beards. <laughs> um, I really like Quinn's little speech about, like, you can dance with him, you can sing with him, but he's mine. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Real possessive over there. Yeah. I think they've only been dating for, like, six months? It's high school. That's a long time. Yeah, I guess. I didn't really date in high school, so. (laughs) Whatever. People dating in high school is like, you wouldn't be surprised if a relationship was only a week. That was middle school. Um, oh, they they blend together, I think. (laughs) I I completely disagree. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. Um, so the Glee Club is rehearsing the song Freak Out by Chic, and it's 
okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, the choreography is kind of dated. They're doing disco hands. Um, during the choreography, Rachel kicks too high and almost hits Mercedes in the face, causing her to stop the number. Mercedes complains that the song is horrible, which Kurt agrees while calling it gay. Uh, Will, <laughs> um, Will explains that they took nationals with Freak Out in 93 and that everyone will like it when they perform it at the assembly on Friday in front of the whole school. The students are worried this will lead to them getting bullied since the song is so lame, but Will insists that they need to do it to recruit the remaining six students. Finn is especially worried concerning Rachel. Sorry, I'm trying to like think of like the, the time gap because... Obviously, part of the idea is they're making Will, like, feel old. Yeah. <laughs> like, technically, that wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> In 2009, that was, like, 17 years? Okay, yeah, well. That's kind of a while. <laughs> That's kind of a while. And I think they could have made it really fun. I mean, they're fussing because it's old, fine. But yeah. if you put some character into it... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's just cuz like they 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 were being really boring with it, I think. Yeah, they were. Cuz I really didn't want to do it. Yeah, and it's really hard to make teenagers do things they don't want to do. Mood. <laughs> um we have to talk about Kurt. The gay kids saying it's gay. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean obviously it makes me laugh obviously it makes me laugh just like his his because deli- I think he delivers it while standing in his curt pose of one hand on his cheek and the other hand perched daintily under his elbow like <laughs> the gay wow. pose TM TM like it, uh, it, just, it just does something for me. It's one of those heavy-handed jokes, I think. I like it, though. Um, uh, I think this is... So, in, in the pilot, I think Mercedes calls Finn white boy. And then I think in this episode, Mercedes calls Rachel white girl. And I'm like... <laughs> the writers really just don't know what to do with her and it kind of shows yeah I'm hoping she'll have more going on later yeah she definitely does and I am excited for her to like get a personality basically because a lot of the the not main characters like don't get a personality until like they have like a dedicated episode yeah, like, right now they kind of just have stereotype personalities. Mm-hmm. So, it's... It's a little annoying right now, but it definitely, like, goes away. Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Will and Terry are looking to build a house and are touring a model home. We see the two having dinner with Terry's sister, Kendra, who seems to be the same brand of crazy as Terry, and also Kendra's husband is there. Um, Kendra has three kids who are constantly running around screaming while Kendra does nothing. 
Kendra insists that Terry shouldn't raise a newborn in their current apartment and should try to build a house. Will would rather buy one of the foreclosures on their street since they're low on money, but Terry insists that she wants a house. Terry brings Will upstairs to the model bedroom, which is decorated pink, and says, this is where our daughter or gay son will sleep. She says she wants Will and their child to put on little shows for her, and Will seems genuinely touched, and they decide to sign the papers for the new house. They didn't sign the papers right then. I thought they were still debating, right? They well, The scene ends with Will saying, let's go sign those papers. Oh, oh right. So, like, okay. I don't... I don't really know if they, like, put down money or anything, but, like, the implication is that, like, it's enough to sway him in some way. She was talking about her dreams. I do like when Terry talks about her dreams, because I feel like they're... They're really, like, realistic. Like, I, I get, like, where she's coming from. I just don't like what she does to, like, try to achieve them. Yeah, there's so many things that she says that are so small, but she's really full stereotype dumb blonde, except <laughs> crazy wife, kind of. Yeah. She's really funny. She is really funny. Just, she was I... saying something about having a backyard of Christmas trees that come in different <laughs> colors, and I was like, ma'am, what are you talking about? She just has, like, these insane, like, expectations for her life, but she doesn't do anything to achieve them. She just expects Will to do everything. That's what I don't like about her. Yeah, I it's, it's unlikable, but it is funny. I, I think Kendra is equally as funny. I think that all she does is, like, crank up Terry's crazy in like a funny way and especially like when she comes back later it was later that they uh, sit down with her family isn't it <laughs> my brain is <No>. scrambled <laughs> it was like in the scene oh was it <laughs> when you could just tell how scrambled I am yeah is it because you're drawing no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm being good. I'm paying attention. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember things because, like, I'll get through the episode and I'll remember everything and my feelings on it. I just don't remember where it happened. Mm-hmm. That's what the summary is for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, uh, back in the choir room, uh, Kurt and Mercedes are having a weird fight about how the other is dressed before Will comes in and announces they're singing Kanye. Mercedes asks if it's for the assembly, to which he answers no, but it'll be good to have in the catalog. Uh, Will asks Finn to take the solo, but he declines, so Will decides to lead instead. We get our first uh, Will Schuster rap to Gold Digger by Kanye West. During the song, we get a flash of Terry and Kendra measuring for the new house. Uh, it's a pretty short and okay number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it It's all right. Um, it makes me laugh. <laughs> He's very auto-tuned, I feel like. Everyone's very auto-tuned. They're, they're all very auto-tuned. I feel like it really stood out with having this very white teacher showing off this rap to yeah. his students and 
it just it just gets me it does have like sorry I didn't really get into like uh, Terry's family but they are something (laughs) her sister is something I love Kendra um so this the there's like a running joke that everyone hates when Will raps and he does it like a lot. He raps a lot? He like raps a lot. I don't know why they kept doing this to him. Ooh. I guess I gotta get used to it then. Yeah, unfortunately you might have to adjust to this part of Glee for at least season one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, overall, it's kind of a bop, though. I own it on iTunes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought it was all right. It's okay. It's, like, a nice little place, like, where the episode was kind of, like, dragging for them to have a number. Um, but the other thing is that every time, <laughs> every time Will is, like, oh, this will just be good for us to, like, practice and to have in the catalog. That means that, like, it'll never be mentioned again. Oh. Okay. It's just an excuse to, like, sing a song in the episode, but, like, sometimes Will will be like, oh, we'll we'll do this for sectionals, and then they don't. And then it's like, then what were you doing? Because they never want to repeat a song, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, exactly. So we don't have to deal with them actually practicing a song, just them trying out different songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely, like, something weird. It's just, like, upon rewatch, I'm like, well, you don't have to, like, lie to me. You can just say you want to do a fun song. Um, so the next scene is we're in the girls' bathroom with Emma when she hears gagging. Rachel is bent over the toilet trying to throw up, but is unable to due to not having a gag reflex. Emma wakes- (laughs) Emma makes the wild blowjob joke, one day that'll be a blessing. And the two- It's so bad. Um, the two go to Emma's office. We see that Emma has a lot of strange pamphlets with- um, different sayings on them about things like puberty and she hands Rachel one that says so you like throwing up Rachel denies that she's bulimic but um, says that it was gross and she won't do it again um, she says that she wants to be thinner like Quinn and Emma asks if shit mm-hmm. <laughs> She says she wants to be thinner like Quinn and asks Emma if she's ever liked someone so much she wants to listen to sad music and cry. Emma denies this, but we see her in her car crying to all by myself. Emma encourages Rachel to find a common interest with her crush and that maybe it'll lead to something unexpected. So I almost wonder if we should have a very short warning about this one because uh, I just think anorexia and bulimia is a pretty serious topic. But especially when I was in middle school, it was a very serious topic. And I feel like the show in this moment just definitely made it ridiculous. But they kept it short, so. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely, like, not something that they're interested in exploring until later. Oh, yeah, when, it comes back. <laughs> um, 
We get like a, a kind of like weight loss episode near the end of the season, and then it becomes a major plot line during uh, season four. Uh, it's it's kind of weird both times. It's it's definitely interesting. I think here it's fine because it's mostly just like a joke about vomit and not really like about like the deep seated <laughs> issues. Um, I think it depends. Um, it I am curious what they wanted to achieve with that whole moment when they bring up a serious topic and then brush it off and make it funny. <laughs> Um, I think for here, it's definitely, like, a reason for Rachel and Emma to interact, because Rachel's so proud that she probably wouldn't go to the guidance counselor on her own. As most teenagers are. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I do think Emma's actually, like, a surprisingly good counselor, though, since most of all we've seen of her was her being a weird stalker at will. And I know yeah. she got, like, weirdly personal with it, but you know, she's good. She's nice. She gave some good advice. Yeah, she definitely, like, can be a good counselor, but every now and then she just says something very wild. I cannot believe that blowjob joke. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> From Emma? I know. Like, anyone else like sue sure i'm just like emma (laughs) like what it's so it's so weird like this is like my first time really noticing it this is your first time noticing it (laughs) yeah because i was i i just like my eyes glaze over when people talk about blowjobs It's definitely weird, but I do like the scene with Emma in her car. All by myself. (laughs) so funny. She's just Um, like, did she have like mascara running down and everything? It was so dramatic. Like a whole storm happening outside her car. Overly theatrical. Uh, Glee is all about the overly theatrical. (laughs) I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, so after that, after Emma encourages Rachel, um, we cut to Finn and Rachel in the principal's office with Will and Sue. Uh, Sue accuses them of doing something heinous, but really they were just using the Cheerios copy machine to make Glee Club flyers. They were hoping that if the flyers got enough people to join, they wouldn't have to sing Freak Out at the assembly. Upon discovering the pair in the copying room, Sue spilled her drink all over the floor in shock. Back in the office, Sue demands that the kids be punished, <laughs> quote, hobbled. Uh, Will insists that they should just pay for the copies, which were only four cents each. Sue is outraged, but accepts the money. <laughs> Sue then, is so I, ridiculous. <laughs> I, I pulled some quotes from this scene that Uh stood out to me as very good. Um, (laughs) Gay parents encourage rebellion. There are studies on this, which I think is true, Um, (laughs) even though it's played off as, like, a crazy joke. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I will not be treated like a second-class citizen because of my gender. Which, like, <laughs> out of context, like, is a good line. But, like, in context, being told to, I think, quiet down or something. Like, it's just, like, a ridiculous, like, response. <laughs> and then um, as she's accepting the, I think, like, a dollar and something for the copies she says lady justice wept today i really liked that that shot of the camera Mm -hmm. looking up at her and her hand aggressively thrust into the camera lady justice wept today it's very good she's so ridiculous but i love her (laughs) she's so good Uh, we love sue um not much, not much to talk about in this scene other than I like um, Figgins. This is another Figgins referee scene. Oh yeah, where he's just kind of <laughs> letting everyone else yell and get mad, and then he's just like, "Uh, they'll just pay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> pay like a dollar. It's like a dollar." Uh, so in the hallway, Finn apologizes to Will for getting the Glee Club in trouble. Uh, Rachel is unbothered, though, and wants to put the posters up immediately. Will is frustrated with them and insists they're still doing freakout at the assembly before leaving. Finn is upset, resigned to losing his cool status. Rachel offers to practice with him, but he declines because he has a celibacy club meeting. <sighs> Just the mention of the celibacy club, I'm like, mm. <laughs> We're not even there yet. <laughs> We're not even there yet, but just the mention of it, just knowing it's coming. Uh-huh. Um, I like the, the duality of Rachel and Finn as, like, the main characters, because, like, Finn is very apologetic, while Rachel is like, hell yeah, we only had to pay a dollar, let's go, let's put them up. Like, I think as as the two leads, basically, they are really fun to watch because they're so different. Yeah, that foil thing again, where he's kind of ready foil. to just accept his death, as he would dramatically <laughs> put it. And Rachel's yeah. just, we got shit to do. Yeah, she, she always has a plan, basically. Um, so next we are in... Will and Terry's house. They are in a bath together when Will confesses that he can't find a second job, so they won't be able to get all the stuff for the new house that Terry wants. Terry goes on another rant about how Glee is taking all of Will's time and how much they suffer for the kids before storming off. It's one of those scenes where, you know, Terry's really ridiculous, expecting a whole lot. What gets me is that their bathtub looks very nice. It looks like they live in a pretty yeah. okay place. And she's she goes on this speech like they're living in absolute poverty. <laughs> she later <laughs> says that they live in squalor, but it is like a nice place. It seems like a nice, comfortable home, a really beautiful bathtub. She gets mm-hmm. to climb out of this bubble bath, put on this pretty pink robe, and have her little dramatic speech. It's like, girl, you're fine. She, she'd be kind of fine, but, like, not in her mind. 
and then Will sinks into the bathtub completely, and then we cut away, which is very funny. He is distraught. His wife is distraught. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back at school, Will is staying late when he stumbles on Principal Figgins cleaning up Sue's drink from the copy room floor. Figgins explains that he had to fire most of the janitor staff due to the recession and has been doing most of the work himself. Will offers to work one of the janitor slots at half salary, which Figgins agrees to. I mean, I think that partially explains why Figgins is so tired all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like that um, he told Sue to clean up after herself, but Sue got a doctor's note that said that she can't clean. (laughs) It's so funny. Back to that, she won't be treated like a second-class citizen. Second-class citizen. (laughs) (laughs) Can't make her clean up her own mess. (laughs) But I do think that this is, like, a really sad scene, like, at its core, like... Yeah. The the principal is cleaning shit off the floor, like and then Will agrees to work at half pay, like for his wife. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of brutal stuff going on right there. <laughs> Remember the recession? <laughs> um I was a child. <laughs> I was also a child, but I remember, like, everyone on TV talking about the 2008 recession. (laughs) I was not a child who paid attention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, it's definitely, like, one of those, like, 2009 things that stand out to me. Yeah. Like, trying to look back on it now, it's like... That seems like it must have been a really rough time. Yeah, probably. We'll never know. <laughs> Except for we're pretty much in one again, so... Um, you know, every generation has its story. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so we're, we're here. A gavel bangs, and we see the celibacy club is made up entirely of Cheerios and their newest member, Rachel. Rachel asks where all the boys are, to which Quinn answers that they'll join later. We see the boys' room, and we see that Finn, Puck, and the new character, Jacob Ben Israel, um, are hanging out. It's mostly just the boys kind of staring deadly into space. Um, Finn is asked how far Quinn lets him go, to which he answers they mostly just grind and make out, uh, but secretly he has a problem not, quote, erupting early. <laughs> um, we see that Finn's technique for holding it in involves him remembering hitting a mailman with his car during driving practice. <laughs> Um, I know in that scene his mom was, like, screaming and freaking out that he killed the guy, but did he actually? I don't actually think the mailman died. Okay. I think he just- I think he just got hit. Prayers for I you, like, mailman. 
I feel like if Finn had done a manslaughter, that would be a way bigger part of his character. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it seems like he cares a lot about it. He did hit a guy with his car. He did hit a guy with his car. Hard enough to break the windshield. Yeah, but I've been <laughs> I've been watching so many of these stuntmen react videos that I can tell that like the stuntman just like hurled himself at this car. <laughs> He was, like, and prepping so, like, for it. He was, like, crouching yeah. down, like, waiting for it and leapt in. He was so ready. <laughs> he was so ready. He wasn't, he wasn't run over by the wheels at all. He just threw himself at the windshield. So, like, he's probably fine. Like, it's not like he got run over. I'm going to go on a very short chan- tangent for a second. So, a grandfather of mine, once upon a time years ago, was about to get hit by a car. And he was older. He walked with a cane and stuff. But he was so sick, he jumped up and rolled over the car and landed back on his feet. Oh my god. I know, right? <laughs> How? Adrenaline, I guess. Oh my god, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> so seeing a scene like that, I just think about, if my grandpa can roll over the car and be okay, you can too, mill man. <laughs> that's mean, I'm joking, but... <laughs> he's, he's probably fine. Him and uh, the boy that Sandy touched are hanging out in the same space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the limbo of characters that we don't really know about, but we assume that they're fine. We can only hope. We can only hope. Um, I would like to talk about uh, Jacob Ben-Israel. Yeah. Um, I think that he's really funny. I mean, he's alright. I don't have much of an opinion yet. I feel like a lot of my enjoyment comes from later stuff, because he does stick around and is kind of, like, the go-to for, like, an outside Glee Club Cheerios football perspective, because there's not many of those. So whenever, whenever they need someone that's not in a club, he's there. Nice. He seems like one of those sort of stereotypical nerdy guys. Yeah, he definitely feels like a character from Superbad. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I think that his immediate crush on Rachel is really funny. And all of her, like... Oh, I guess we're... we're okay, we're technically not there yet, but... Um, I just think it sets up, like, a really funny plotline. Uh, I guess we'll get into that later, but is it actually, like, a crush that consists? I thought it was just, I'm in the presence of a cute girl. No, oh, it's, it's a round boy. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I think he does, like, a really good job at being just, like, a total creep. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> It's a it's a talent, I think, to be able to like <laughs> to act, act like a creep, a creep really good. I think so. <laughs> I wonder if it's fun. It has to be fun. <laughs> it's um, like hard to watch, but I hope the act is fun. <laughs> yeah. Um so there's like a lot of <laughs> coming jokes. And they're always handled in, like, this weird, 
euphemism way. Yeah. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is clearly, like, something that they want to talk about, but, like, I feel like censorship got onto them, so they have to (laughs) always call it stuff, like, (laughs) erupting. (laughs) Does this come up a lot besides this episode? It comes up more than this episode. Mm-hmm. There's like there's like a whole episode in like season two that's like dedicated to it. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's such a weird thing that they want to talk about, but I can tell that they really want to talk about this. Which like I guess is like I I'm not a teenage boy, so I've never <laughs> had to worry about <laughs> erupting early. But when I was watching this with my boy roommate just now, he was like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, I get what they're trying to say. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, I get this. I guess this resonates with someone. Well, that that's good, I guess. Yeah. It resonates with someone. And that's what they were going for. I guess that, I guess this... Oh, this one is for the boys. This episode is for the boys. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah, as it kind of is. Tell, as we can tell from some other things. Um, <laughs> so the next, the next scene is the boys' room and the girls' room have joined for an activity involving <laughs> blowing up balloons and keeping them between them while dancing in like couple formation in a very leave room for Jesus manner <laughs> but there's but there's no music so it's just awkward it's just like the it's score it's so awkward it's so awkward i hate it <laughs> uh puck grinds really hard against santana's balloon but it doesn't pop while Finn and Quinn's pops without him really doing anything, which he blames on his zipper. Uh, Rachel is paired with Jacob, who immediately seems to fall for her, but she only has eyes for Finn. Frustrated, Rachel stops the whole group, saying that abstinence doesn't work in high schools, which enrages Quinn. Rachel says girls want sex just as much as guys do before storming out, leaving Finn somewhat impressed. Is it normal for a high school to have this kind of club? I have no idea. Because there's something that, like, to me, feels extremely awkward and unnatural to have this kind of club. Like, we had, like, a Christian club, but I don't think, like, abstinence was their thing. It's just so, it's so weird. Like It's so weird. (laughs) It's so, it's a very weird energy. Like, I can't get over it. (laughs) Like, what um, specifically is, like, bothering you about it? Um, well, part of it is the... That it's one of those situations, not to the full extreme, clearly, but these are supposed to be, like, minors, Mm -hmm. and we're putting them in a very comically overly sexualized situation... I know the actors all look like 30 or 40, and that makes it better, but it's still... The show is aimed at older people, Mm -hmm. and you're putting, like, kids in that very awkward situation. I don't vibe with that. (laughs) I definitely get 
that aspect of it. It's just like when I watch a show, like I just I I forget that they're kids because <laughs> they're not at all treated like children most of the time. Uh, <laughs> again, the actors are like thirty. Everyone's so old except Kurt. <laughs> yeah, Kurt is baby. I really don't understand the point of the balloon exercise. Like you said, is leave room for Jesus. Yeah, but like, why? Like, for how long? Like, <laughs> just, you know, when there's a school dance and boys and girls are gonna dance together, you don't want them touching all up on each other. Do you, do you like, remember that <laughs> meme about the side hug, the like Christian side hug? Yeah. You can't front hug anymore, only side hug. <laughs> same energy. <laughs> um, very, very same energy. Um, I do kind of like Rachel's little speech here, although it's like very clearly just to get Finn's attention, and it totally works. Yeah. Like, that is a true thing that she said, but it definitely felt kind of pandering I mean the guys all loved it mm-hmm. like um, my roommate my roommate was like hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still that other guy's name is Jacob right like yes <laughs> him just like after she storms out it is that true <laughs> <laughs> there's something like really funny and innocent about that this like, is why it's important to have like sex ed. Uh -huh. It's like it's like they have this club as some weird replacement for a genuine sex ed class. Yeah. Well, wait until we get to the sex ed episode. Oh. <laughs> it's in season two. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Um. All right. So, Will is cleaning one of the classrooms after school when Emma stumbles on him, uh, and she asks why he's a janitor now. Will explains that they're trying to buy a house and that he's really embarrassed about being caught. Uh, Emma offers to help since Will used the wrong cleaning solution on the floor. The two clean the room with Will offering to help Emma with her cleanliness problem since she was helping him out. Emma denies that she has a problem, though admits that she has trouble with messes. Emma explains that when she was young, she was pushed into a farm's runoff lake and has remembered the smell ever since, which seems to be the source of her issues. That's so Will, rough. It is really rough. Um, Will puts chalk dust on her nose as a test of how sensitive she is in a very heterosexual gesture, uh, to which Emma doesn't really freak out. He wipes it off after, and she sighs dreamily, uh, but dismisses herself after kind of realizing what they're doing. Uh, the two are secretly seen by the football coach, Ken, who silently leaves. So, I think this whole scene frustrates me a little bit, because... <laughs> Because it's got that cheater energy. It's got that homewrecker energy. Except Emma's it, not the one does. at fault. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... De <laughs> definitely Will is enjoying the attention. Yeah, like, obviously, 
Emma's really into him, but she always works really hard to, I think she tries to respect the boundary. Like she does kind of stalker things, but she doesn't try really to overstep the boundary. Will is the one who gets up into her personal bubble and like touches on her and has yeah. that really like heterosexual, like tension faces way too close moment. Mm-hmm. He, he initiated that. Yeah, it d- definitely is him leaning in instead of leaning away. I feel like if he was leaning away, then Emma would back off. But he's definitely, like, encouraging her. Mm-hmm. Sir, you are married and you're only doing this janitor job because you're trying to please your wife. And he has a kid on the way. Yeah. Um... I think that the the Emma story about like um the runoff leak and like how she got this way is definitely like played for a joke, but then like later turns out to be like serious and true. It it it's definitely like kind of weird here, especially because like I know that she does have like OCD, but like <laughs> this is such like a a joking way to kind of like bring up her problems but it is like very tragic and sad it's tragic and sad but isn't it also just kind of how glee handles all of it because it's so <laughs> like heavy-handed and it's trying to be funny so with every kind of heavy subject they're playing it off as a joke uh, you're starting to get the vibe i'm so glad <laughs> it's um... a questionable vibe it is, it's a vibe that works sometimes and does not work other times. Um, <laughs> and then we see Ken. How do, how do we feel about Ken? Um, I, I mean, I still think he's a creep. It is, it is definitely, I, I always wonder why he's here this late. And he just like stares through a window and leaves. And I'm like, why are you in that room to stare <laughs> through the window? It's just very, it's like a little too convenient. I mean, yeah, clearly it was just for the plot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little silly. I don't know, maybe some late night football practice. <laughs> um. So before the assembly, Rachel calls a secret Glee Club meeting without Will. She explains that they're not going to do disco, but instead give the people what they want. Kurt asks if she means blood, but instead she answers sex. There's not there's not too much here other than Finn kind of trying to buy Rachel respect with the rest of the club, and he's like clearly like into her now. Yeah, with him they're trying to shut her down. He's like, no no, let her talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sweet, but she keeps, like, biting her lip in this scene. She did it in the earlier scene, too, and I just, I don't like it. (laughs) I didn't even notice. I've watched this episode too many times. Yeah. She's doing this little, like, excited lip bite when she looks at him, and I'm like, stop. Stop it. (laughs) Please. Oh my god, this really just leads into the the worst. <laughs> it's really the worst. Um, I also like Kurt's little joke here. Continuing to be sass master. No, I love it. <laughs> um, so finally, we are at the assembly. 
with Principal Figgins opening with a speech about broken toilets. He passes the mic to Will, who explains that he's going to make Glee Club cool again. <laughs> uh, the, the music starts, and instead of freak out, uh, Push It by Salt and Peppa plays <laughs> with Rachel taking the lead. Um, I hate this song. The choreography is so sexual and weird, and they're all crawling around and thrusting, and it's so horrible. Um, Will looks (laughs) it's so bad. Um, Will looks positively in shock. Uh, Sue is staring at Emma and Figgins, both kind of vibing to the music. (laughs) Okay, I like that though. I do like that. It's a good joke. Um, Quinn is pissed that Finn is thrusting in Rachel's direction. Um, Finn sings a solo and then Kurt slaps his butt and we get a shot of Puck looking disapprovingly in the crowd. (laughs) Um, when the song ends, there's a standing ovation from everyone except Sue and the Cheerios. (laughs) That whole performance, every time it cut over to Sue, just looking so appalled that's me I'm glad that they gave us a surrogate to (laughs) kind of feel through all the reaction shots of Sue and like the crowd are really good especially like Will as he slowly realizes what's happening he's just stunned like the second it starts all the way through he's just in a stunned silence and I love the principal and Emma both they really are vibing with it they're like yeah sort of dancing around (laughs) it's like kind of cute and funny but it's juxtaposed with something that's really horrible god (laughs) it's it's so uncomfortable and like the the ending like Rachel's like on Finn's waist like bouncing up and down I'm like oh my (laughs) god Uh. (laughs) it's so crazy Um, and then I think the standing ovation is like I have never seen a standing ovation at anything for high school okay so like when we're talking about how realistic it is technically it's not but I do think in a high school, a lot of the kids would be laughing and clapping and cheering to that, because mm-hmm. it's kind of hilarious. But it God, is it uncomfortable? <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> they did that. <laughs> I have trauma. This is like why it's so hard for me to get people to watch the show. Because of this, I, I just I think about this moment. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll I'll watch like the first episode with someone, and then they'll like watch episode two on their own, and they'll oh. text me like, "Julie, what was that?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm sorry. <laughs> Please just keep going if you survived that." <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> I feel like I've signed <laughs> an invisible contract with you. I'm gonna keep going. I think you signed a physical contract when you typed yes in Discord. No. (laughs) (laughs) I said sure after you cried at me about Uh it. (laughs) We don't don't have to get into that. (laughs) Um, 
So we cut to the principal's office with only Sue, Will, and Figgins inside. They are all silent until Sue says that was the most offensive thing I've seen in 20 years of teaching, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, Sue demands that Glee be disbanded, but Figgins disagrees, saying that the performance was good, just the songs were bad. Uh, Figgins gives Will a list of songs Glee is allowed to sing now, given to him by his pastor. Figgins <laughs> cuts Sue's dry cleaning budget so the Glee Club can get new, less scandalous costumes, and Sue is enraged. Rip to Sue, I guess. <laughs> she really lost that one. Yeah, she did lose this one. She was, like, vying so hard to get Will fired and stuff. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) She she immediately demands his resignation. (laughs) I love the uh, church-friendly songs only. Yeah. (laughs) I like that it was printed on the American flag paper. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't acknowledge that, but that that's really an an extra cherry, isn't it? <laughs> <That's> really <laughs> funny. Um, I like that Figgins. His he vibed so hard, but he was like, "We can't do raps again. No more hip hop or anything." <laughs> I mean, but he was very nice. I mean, like the content was bad, but they're very talented. I was vibing they're talented. (laughs) We we like Figgins. Figgins is fun. He's, he's, he really is like the referee and will pick different sides depending on like how things go rather than like being so biased towards Sue like he was in the pilot. Mm -hmm. And I think this does a good job of setting up (laughs) Sue's continued rage now that her budget has been officially slashed. Uh oh. Because uh, she has to use American dry cleaners instead of European dry cleaners. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's definitely like a weird throwaway line, but I really like it. <laughs> it stood out to me. It's like, that's what you're using your cheerleading budget on is to dry clean the clothes in Europe? Mm hmm. <laughs> How does that they're work? Be- they're better, apparently. Uh. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, so outside the office, Rachel is waiting to talk to Will. Uh, Sue shoots Rachel a look as she passes before Will exits. Rachel apologizes, and Will explains that he's still upset that she lied and ruined their chances for new members. Now that song selection is limited (laughs) he's valid is this where he had another one of his moments of like you have to do things you don't want to do yeah i think so i think this is the other one (laughs) where that keeps coming back where he's just like when you're an adult you have to do things you don't want to do but he made a good point like that was such a thing to lie about (laughs) Yeah, it was a big lie. They had to choreograph a whole number secretly. Like, how did they even manage that? (laughs) We don't worry about that. (laughs) Um, Well, now I want to worry about that. How did they manage to all set aside the time? (laughs) If you start asking that question, you will never stop asking that question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
um, yeah, I definitely, like, oh, he says something like, I get why you did it, I just don't like how you did it, which, like, I get. Um, yeah. But she really, she really did step in it, and then she's surprised that her actions have consequences later. That's so funny. She has yeah, to so learn. <laughs> she does have, and this is why we can't let Rachel have things. Okay, well, <laughs> it can't be like that all the time. She can't get slapped in the face all the time. <laughs> but she does, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are seeing Emma eating lunch in the teacher's lounge when Ken asks her out again, but this time it's to Tula Palooza. Emma declines, but Ken confronts her about chasing Will, a married man, and insists that he's the better pick because he actually likes her and will, quote, put up with all her crazy. Uh, he leaves, but Emma seems to consider the offer. Yeah, he made some other points. Um, I thought this one was a little silly. I'm a minority, so they can't fire me, so I'll always have a stable job. <laughs> I think that's so funny. <laughs> God, I still don't like him, but I feel like his points were valid. I don't think she should chase after a married man, but mm -hmm. she shouldn't have to go with someone else if she doesn't like them. Yeah, this he's making a somewhat convincing case to settle. Yeah. But like, I do think that he comes off more sympathetic here than ever before, like... Clearly, she's hurting chasing someone who's married, so he's like, stop, like, that's only gonna get worse. But yeah. I do I do like the gesture of him, instead of offering monster truck tickets, he's offering, like, a tulip convention. Yeah, trying to offer something that she might actually like. Yeah, like, I think there's something sweet about it. It is. It doesn't make we... up for licking the car door, but... <laughs> yeah, uh... the, the car door is pretty bad still. <laughs> um, so, and then we also, in this scene, we see Emma polishing her grapes in a very um, interesting way. She has, like, a grape thing. I remember her really liking grapes for some reason. Good for her. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, oops, hit my mic. Um, so we see Rachel and Finn are practicing in the auditorium with Rachel helping Finn on the piano. Uh, Finn wants to take a break, so they sit down on a picnic area Rachel prepared. Finn admits that he thought Rachel was scary and annoying at first, but that her singing really touched him, so he wants to get better like her. He was also impressed by what she said at the celibacy club. The two share a virgin cosmos, and Finn wipes some off Rachel's lip with his finger. Uh, she says he can kiss her if he wants to, and he does. As they kiss, Finn imagines hitting the mailman again and jumps up, saying he has to leave and asking Rachel not to tell anyone. God. <laughs> this is another it's, one of those kind of unbearable scenes. It's really cringe. <laughs> This episode especially, maybe it continues, you know, but it has such, like, a theme of, like, cheating on someone. 
Yeah. It they is like not to do great. themes. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something. Um, I think Rachel bringing like a picnic blanket and pillows and like a picnic basket to the stage is so weird. It's it's weird. Um, I think if it wasn't the situation that it is, I think that's a very cute picnic spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like so thirsty. Yeah. The camera, like, how, like, uncomfortably zoomed in it was on her face when she was like, you yeah. can kiss me if you want to. I was like, I hate that. <laughs> Give me some personal space, please. It's very claustrophobic. And then <laughs> I, do, I do think hitting the mailman is, like, a funny gag. But I'm like, you kiss for two seconds and you need to think of the mailman? Like, <laughs> he can't help okay? it. <laughs> uh, I'm just like... Uh, teenage boys, are you okay? Do you need help? It's, Who's it's to just, say? It's really cringe. Um, and then it looks like Rachel's like crying afterwards. She puts her face in her hands. It's, it's kind of sad. I mean, it, it's sad. They were having a moment and then he ran away from her. Yeah. And obviously she thinks it's like her fault or something yeah i i almost feel bad for rachel here a little bit a little bit um so terry goes to get an ultrasound for the baby and is shocked to hear that there is no baby the doctor tells her (laughs) that she's having a hysterical pregnancy to which she frustratedly falls back into her chair i just like in that moment when the doctor is like There is no baby. She sits up like, did it fall out? Yeah. (laughs) She's really dumb. She's so dumb. Everyone's really dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this is kind of like a big plot point going forward. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you you think some of the repercussions are going to be? Don't we get into that more later? Okay, we we can save it for later. <laughs> um, I just really think that her doctor has like a really fun deadpan thing, and we see him a couple more times. So oh, do we? I mean, you know, he's yeah. just doing his job. He yeah probably has I don't know how many crazy people he deals with like this, but <laughs> you know, this is what he does every day. Yeah. Um, so Will is shocked that Quinn and two other Cheerios, Santana and Brittany, are auditioning for Glee Club. Quinn insists that she's doing it in order to support her boyfriend, Finn, and they sing I Say a Little Prayer by Dionne Warwick, and it's short, but it's a real banner. Um, they have a little dance routine, and it's really cute, and they're all, like, perfectly in sync and very clearly... Cheerios are performers once again. Yeah, I really liked this one. Oh, it's so good. I think with all of the things that happened in this episode, this was my favorite. I agree wholeheartedly. It's <laughs> it's really an iconic moment. This is the first time that we see I believe they're called the Unholy Trinity or something. Ooh. Um together. This is their first number. 
Um, I'm sorry, they're called what? I believe that they're called the Unholy Trinity, but let me let me look this up real quick. <laughs> they are called the Unholy Trinity. <laughs> Why? Good for them, you know? I like them. it. <laughs> we'll find out, like, why later, but, um... I think it makes me laugh because Quinn is always before this. It's all about the celibacy club and, like, taking a moment to pray, leave room for Jesus and everything. So knowing that they're called the unholy, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Uh, we will def get into that. So this is our first real appearance from Brittany. We've seen Santana a couple times before, but Brittany is another character who doesn't really get a personality until later, but hmm. I I really enjoy her, and I'm glad that she's here. Um, their song is so cute. I love it. It's very fun. I like their whole dance routine. It just sounds real nice. Oh, it's a good song. Slaps. If I'm going to get a song, it'll be that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Sue is angry that her Cheerios are joining the Glee Club without permission, but Quinn says it was only because she has suspicions about Finn and Rachel. Sue says that the three are going to be her spies and help her destroy the club from the inside. Quinn is relieved that they aren't going to be kicked off the team. (laughs) I like the small exchange where it's like, okay, you guys are going to be my spies and I'll get my boyfriend back. Okay, I don't really care about that. Yeah, it's a good Sue moment. <laughs> so this is kind of setting up the Cheerios as antagonists for like a little bit. And especially for the next episode, this is going to be like a big plot point. Mm-hmm. Quinn's a little bit bitchy, but in this particular situation, she's absolutely valid. Yeah, like, she has suspicions, and we know that they're well-founded. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I def get, like, why she's so distressed about it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see that Emma is cleaning one of the water fountains when Will approaches and asks her to clean the boys' bathroom with him that night. She declines, saying that she has a date with Ken. Emma looks upset as she walks away, and we still and we see Will looking contemplative as well. Uh, again, I think it's good for her to have turned him down, mm-hmm. but she shouldn't have to go on a date with Ken. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a little bummer of a scene. Like everyone is currently kind of unhappy. Gotta learn to love yourself, girl. <laughs> um, I just I I hope that she doesn't clean the water fountains for free like all the time. Like that's not her job. It's not her job, but she works here. You know she she wants herself and her students to be safe. Oh, that's a really sweet way to put it. <laughs> Um, so Will comes home that night to find Terry has cooked dinner for once. Uh, she explains that she wanted to talk to him about something, but chickens out of telling him the truth, instead telling him that the baby is a boy. Will is overjoyed at the news, hugging her. 
Terry asks that Will give up being a janitor and that they don't need the new house. Will is excited that Terry is willing to compromise. Yeah, she really walked herself into a pit here. Yeah. <laughs> so I I will ask again, how do you think this is gonna shake out? She's gonna keep lying about it because she feels guilty and she's gonna keep feeling more guilty. The lie's gonna keep building up. I feel like it's gonna get to that point where it's like, you know, it's too late, it's too much. He's gonna be real mad later on. <laughs> interesting, interesting prediction. <laughs> um, but I also think it's like sympathetic of her to like immediately backtrack on the house and like yeah, making him work so hard because like she knows that this lie is bad and she'd rather like try to give him something. Yeah, that is. Whatever. I know that is, like, out of guilt, but mm-hmm. she's like, no, where we live is fine. You don't have to work an extra job. We can be here. It's okay. I'm like, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it is It is kind of sweet. It's a sweet moment. Um. So, in the choir room, Rachel is upset that Will is giving Quinn her solo and don't stop believing. Will explains that Quinn followed the rules and is actually a pretty good singer. Rachel insists that he's punishing her, but Will says that it's not always about her. Will promises that though she might not always be the star, he'll always want her to have fun. I like that. I think that's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she should learn that it's not always about her, and she should also learn how to have fun, because I think most <laughs> of her life she's taken herself very seriously. Yeah. I I think that she should be punished. I don't know why Will is, like, <laughs> making up other excuses when I think of punishing someone for lying and betraying and getting everyone into trouble. Like, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, you would expect she would get detention or something, right? Or something. Like, I think that... Later on, they definitely hand down more consequences for stuff like this. <clears throat> but right now, it's kind of like she gets off pretty scot-free and is still pissed that she doesn't get the solo. <laughs> Very entitled. Very entitled. Um, I do like Will's words here about having fun. I think it's sweet. I mean, I think that's super important. Like how it's a, it's about... The journey, not the destination. You gotta have fun with what you're doing. Oh my god, you just <laughs> almost, like, directly quoted something from the season one finale. Oh, nice. Oh my god. You're welcome. You're picking up on the themes. You got the themes. I was just talking about <laughs> themes I personally care about unrelated to the show. Uh, <laughs> it just happened good. to overlap. Then, then it'll be fine. Um... So, our last scene is Rachel singing Take a Bow by Rihanna in the auditorium with Tina and Mercedes, but I don't think it's actually diegetic. Um, We see her looking longingly at Finn and Quinn in the hallway, as well as crying in her bedroom while singing to her hairbrush. 
it's kind of a bummer note to end the episode on, especially with my roommate's reaction of, what? It's over? And <laughs> I... It's, it's, it's definitely like a, a Rachel needs one solo per episode thing. It was definitely an interesting thing to end on. Um, I think in the whether or not it's diegetic or whatever, I imagine that when it's showing her at home singing in the hairbrush and whatever, that's <laughs> real. And then the rest of it yeah. is her dramatic imagination. Yeah. But it's still so funny to imagine her just scream singing at Finn and Quinn while they're just not at all acknowledging her just yeah. talking be really funny <laughs> i mean besides how funny that is um the song was okay it's okay it's fine i own it on itunes <laughs> that's okay i mean she's like clearly a good singer mhm um i just it does feel like a little empty not getting Finn's side of things at all like we just get like Rachel's reaction to what happened and I don't even really remember how Finn handles things so I guess we'll we'll see in episode three yeah I guess we'll find out because obviously (laughs) it's only episode two of a very long show they don't have to have all of this closure and everything right away Uh uh-huh so it's fine so, that they end on that note. Julian. Yeah? What what did you think of Glee episode two? I wish it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, they they needed to happen because a lot of stuff happens. A lot of stuff happened. Um some of it very bad a lot of it very bad Hmm. I think this is the only real appearance of the celibacy club so you should be safe for now (laughs) I think so I don't super mind um, the club itself it's just getting into moments like that that are just so awkward (laughs) that I wish they would not (laughs) there's a lot more awkwardness on the way it's so hard to watch. I have such a strong, like, secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> it's, like, impossible to watch things like that in a show that's supposed to be embarrassing or bad or awkward because it just causes me physical pain. Oh, uh, well, there's gonna be a lot more of that. <laughs> so, uh, buckle up. All right. <laughs> Um, what are your predictions for episode three based on the title Acafellas? I'm, I'm sorry, what title? Acafellas. Acafellas. Um. Acapella? Fellas? <laughs> I'm like just trying to wrap my head around the title. Yeah. Who do you think? It, who do you think it's gonna be an acapella fella? Um, Kurt. Interesting. <laughs> or am I? Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I guess we'll find out next week. Okay. <laughs> Um, 
So now we get to do our first <laughs> ranking the episode. Um, we didn't do this last week because it was just the pilot. Uh, but we will doing we will be doing this going forward. Um, Julian, do you think this episode was better or worse than last week? I think I've made my feelings very clear. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode's okay. Um, this one caused me pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll we will be sliding season one, episode two, showmance into the number two spot, um, right under the pilot. Um, so now we're gonna talk about the songs. So each episode, <laughs> we're gonna go through and rank the songs. Uh, the winner will become the song of the episode, and we will rank that on my cool spreadsheet which will be in our Twitter bio and episode description. So the songs in order of appearance for this episode, um, I'm not counting Freak Out because it is not on iTunes. So in order of appearance is Gold Digger by The New Directions, Push It by The New Directions, I Say a Little Prayer by Quinn, Santana, and Brittany, and Take a Bow by Rachel. Okay. What is what is the number one bop? I say a little prayer by the Cheerios. By the Cheerios. <laughs> I 100% agree. I also ranked it there first. Uh what do you what do you think your number 2 is? We got some <laughs> we got some contenders for worst place. Uh I'm definitely going to have push it as the last place. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to so, first is I Say a Little Prayer is at the top. I guess mm. take a bow a second, because it was fine. It was fun. Um, then Gold Digger, and then Push It. Okay. Um, I believe that I ranked it Say a Little Prayer, then Gold Digger, then Take a Bow, then Push It. Because <laughs> I think Gold Digger does kind of does kind of slap a little bit. It It is a bop, I guess, yeah. I just didn't have any strong feelings for any of the songs except for how cute I thought Little yeah. Prayer was and how much I hated Push It. <laughs> uh, those are very, very valid feelings. So our winner for this week is Say Little Prayer, which now we are going to rank against uh, last week's Don't Stop Believing. So last week's Don't Stop Believing was when the Glee Club all performed together at the end, right? Yeah. And it, it had a punch to it. It was very good. It was very hype. Very good. Very iconic. I think it gets to stay above uh, Say a Little Prayer because of how hype it was. Yeah. Like the Cheerios, they are just doing a tryout. It was cute and fun and they sang very nice, but it wasn't like a full stage production. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So it's going to take the number two slot for now. I'm sure it'll probably stay up there for a while because it is extremely adorable. So I don't know what is going to kick <laughs> Don't Stop Believing off. I can't really remember like the next super hype song. Oh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> we, will, we will find out. Um, so I think that's it. I'm so glad we're not... <laughs> over two hours this time <laughs> um so thank you for joining us for our second episode 
uh, you can email us at loserlikegleepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at loserlikegleejj. Um, we would still love to do audience stuff, but we are recording very far in advance to build up a buffer. Um, we would love to hear from you guys about starting a Patreon and would appreciate you telling a friend about the show. We are trying to make it accessible even to people who haven't watched Glee. Um, Julian, do you have any closing thoughts? I more genuinely hate you for making me watch this. <laughs> and your resentment is...